Welcome to another edition of From the Front Lines, how real estate managers are addressing COVID-19. Our topic today is day-to-day multifamily operations. I'm here with Nathan Miller, president of Rentec Direct, property management software. Nathan, how are you seeing most landlords and managers handling cash payments during the pandemic? Yeah, well, uh, we're seeing that most landlords are actually fairly resistant to cash and even checks right now. Um, they generally are referring tenants when possible just to pay online. Um, now, granted, on our platform, uh, online payments are free, so it's a fairly easy option to turn to. But um, there's a few tenants out there. Uh, there's some that they don't have a checking account or any way to pay online, so cash is their only option. And what uh, what we're seeing landlords have great success in is uh, accepting those via, uh, well, it's electronically via a service called Pay Near Me. And uh, it's a service that we integrate with, uh, make it available to landlords and property managers so tenants can walk into any 7-Eleven or Ace Cash Express or CVS and they can make their payment there. And the beauty of that is the typical landlord isn't necessarily prepared, you know, with plexiglass shields and protection uh, from a, you know, a whole bunch of tenants coming in month to month. But if you walk mm-hmm. into CVS, they are. They've already set up all those protocols to keep their checkers safe. Uh, so it keeps both the tenant and the checker safe in that case. And how comfortable and familiar do you think managers are around the eviction requirements right now? Well, I think all this has happened really, really fast. So I would say the answer is uh, they're partially aware. Um, The reason being is each state and each county and even cities are making up their own rules and they rushed into it. It happened all of a sudden. And um, so we saw this happening and we were getting a lot of requests from our customers, you know, uh, to us about like, do do you know what I'm supposed to do? Can I evict someone or what is the process? So what we ended up doing is on our blog, we published a guide uh, for every single state with the resources that property managers need to, in order to find out those answers. Um, and uh, just as an idea of just how different it can be as you're looking across the country, is you can take a state like Alabama. Uh, there's no moratoriums in place for evictions there last time I looked. But Arkansas, from a statewide perspective, uh, no moratoriums statewide. However, if you happen to live uh, or have a renter in Little Rock uh, and they get government assistance, then you can't uh, evict there. So then you can go the complete opposite end of the spectrum and look at that place like Santa Monica, California, where they've put a hold on all evictions uh, clear until the end of June. And they've even gone a step further and said after that's lifted, which it can be extended too, by the way, but after that's lifted, then tenants will have uh, 12 months to repay whatever they you know, deferred. So that's from a local perspective. And then um, there's another layer of complexity because the federal government came in and uh, they said that there can be no evictions on properties with a federally backed loan. Also, no evictions on any any Section 8 tenants. So if you happen to be a private landlord and unless you've obtained private financing or a commercial loan for your property, there's a really good chance that your loan is federally backed, um, um, in which case uh, the federal government says you can't process uh, an eviction for uh, a failure to pay. So that's all talking about just payment-related evictions. And um, in, you know, that's what most evictions tend to be is payment-related. But if you happen to have almost anywhere in the country, if you happen to have a 
reason um, where a tenant has violated their lease that's not payment related, then those evictions typically are still allowed. Um, however, uh, a lot of courts are closed. So it's really challenging and it varies state by state and city by city at this case. Uh, so it's good, you know, just to check with uh, your local resources. Uh, you know, you can look on our blog um, and look at those state guides um, and uh, find out what's current because it also changes uh, every week. And how are you seeing maintenance requests continue to be handled when social distancing is still mandated? Yeah, I see property managers getting fairly creative. Uh, we, we've uh, we've had property managers telling us that they're doing um, Google Duos uh, with their tenants. So if someone's reporting a leaky sink, the property manager wants to make sure it really is leaking or they want to check out how severe it is. And so they'll do like a Google Duo or a Meet or a Zoom meeting with the tenant and actually have them just bring their phone over to the whatever item happens to be broken or malfunctioning and confirm it prior to even entering it as a maintenance item. And then they're kind of making decisions. Uh, what I typically see is the smaller items right now are being deferred um, for the most part and then larger items uh, and stuff on the outside of the house, uh, they can still be handled by service professionals. Um, in pretty much every area, you can still get a heating or air conditioning contractor. Uh, they're fully operational right now, and they're uh, willing to go out and uh, take care of the, the major stuff. And what impacts are you seeing when residents cannot pay rent? Uh, well, that's a huge one. Uh, it, the The short answer is it's super impactful. Um, it's you know, there's tons of really good information and, and also lots of bad information that's circulating out on everywhere, but, you know, I, I pay attention to the internet a lot. Um, so uh, tons, tons of good and bad information out there. Um, one piece of information I saw that was very valuable uh, that I think kind of puts a lot of this into, into perspective is um, the National Apartment Association, they released, it was just a, it was a very simple graphic that showed a dollar bill and it showed like how much does a uh, landlord actually keep of that. And when you look at it, um, you know, basically 39% or sorry, well, that percent, yes, but 39 cents of every dollar goes to pay a mortgage. 27 cents goes for maintenance and employees and repairs and utilities and such. Um, 14 cents goes to property taxes. 10 cents goes to uh, large expenses uh, like replacing the roof and heating systems. And uh, that means the landlord, they're only keeping nine cents. Um, and of that nine cents, no, they still have to pay their own taxes. So really, they're keeping five cents. And when you look at a thousand dollar rent payment, that means the landlord actually keeps fifty dollars. So, so when rent can't be paid for one month or two months, um, you know, you have to consider that the landlord it might take one or two or maybe even three years of on-time full rent payments for the landlord to be able to make up that difference. So that has a huge compounding effect on specifically the local economy, but it, it could go national if, uh, if things drag on. Um, because if a landlord's unable to pay their mortgage, there's a chance of the house going back to the bank, getting repossessed. Um, that means the tenants have to move. Uh, it also means, you know, a potential, you know, another uh, housing market crash uh, in the future if that happens to a lot of landlords. Um, it also means that uh, maintenance-related uh, items aren't getting addressed. And if, they don't, if the landlord isn't receiving rent in order to pay to 
fix the leak or fix the broken heater, um, those are not getting taken care of, they're getting deferred, um, which not only is bad for the tenant, but it's a loss of, uh, it hurts local jobs as well because a lot of tenants also work for these same contractors that would go and fix these. But if that can't happen, can't happen. Um, also, taxes, you know, are, are a big one. If uh, the landlord can't afford to pay taxes, that's um, that's school revenue and police and fire and even road revenue. So a lot of things don't happen when rent doesn't get paid and it goes, uh, it trickles down a lot, or rather it trickles up a, lot, a long ways. So quite impactful. Could you talk a little bit about how payments have shaped up over the last few months during this pandemic? Um, yeah, so uh, we're comparing a lot of it to March because March was a very stable month. Uh, things, nothing had really happened as far as shutdowns or layoffs um, at the beginning of March. So when you compare like April to March, there was about 17% fewer rent payments that came in. Um, and we're looking at May now, and May is actually really similar to April. We're, we're showing about a 2% uptick, so about 19% fewer payments. Uh, have been received in May compared to March. Um, now, we look at it from a payment perspective to get some real statistics, and that differs a little bit from what maybe the national media is reporting, because I keep hearing this 30% number out in the national media. They're saying 30% of rent payments are overdue or late. And that may be true, and they're basing that on factual data, but what they're forgetting to mention is it's very normal for 10 to 15% of tenants to pay rent late every month, even when there's not a coronavirus you know, pandemic out there. So realistically, uh, tenants that haven't paid is looking more in the 15 to 20% range right now. Thank you so much, Nathan. It will be interesting to keep an eye on this as we continue to move forward. Please continue to visit iRoom.org, where you'll find our page dedicated to providing updates and resources to support real estate managers in making informed decisions during this time. That's iRem.org.